Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Wes. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. This is the podcast where we watch movies that are available on streaming services and then try to break them down for you scene by scene. Yep. Uh, You can check us out on social media. Just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also check us out on ageofradio.org. You can find our episodes there as, as well as shop our sponsors. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to give us a review and message us with any movie suggestions you might have. So yeah, we decided to end uh, end the year with Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, the movie, you know, starts on New Year's and has resolutions. So it was like, why not, you know, end the year with that? Oh yeah. So. Yep. Um, do you have the uh, synopsis for us? Uh, yes. Um, from Internet Movie Database, uh, a British woman is determined to improve herself while she looks for love in a year in which she keeps a personal diary. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you ready to jump on in? I am, yes. Awesome. Uh, so the opening scene, uh, Bridget is going to yet another one of her mom's New Year's Day parties. Yeah. Um, and one thing that she kind of mentions that sounds gross to me is the the main course or the dish or yeah. food or whatever this party's gonna be curry and turkey or t- turkey curry or something like yeah, that Yeah, something like that i don't know i'm not a fan of curry yeah <laughs> but she's narrating her life as she's walking up to the door right talking about how her mom is perpetually trying to set her up with these random men yep and she's tired of the parade of just the usual suspects exactly you know she's 32 she's not married and so she gets that from everybody all the time you know and like you said especially from her mom like you know set it trying to set her up with whoever yeah and so so once she gets to the door she actually one of the things she kind of talks about her mom's parties is that she lives in a time where pickles on toothpicks were considered a luxury (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so of course yes she opens the door and what is her mom doing but she's you know kind of getting everything ready so there's somebody getting ready to put they call them gherkins yeah and i guess just like little pickles yeah that's all it is there's some lady who's getting those ready and she's got like a bunch of toothpicks and Mm -hmm. stuff as soon as bridget walks in the door her mom immediately tells her that oh, you know, Mark, Darcy Mark is, is here. Yes, yeah, Mark Darcy is here. Yeah, and, and she's like, you remember him? And Bridget's like, no, no, not really. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you know, of course you do. You know, you ran when you guys were kids. You know, you ran around naked uh, at his party or whatever. Yeah. And of course, Bridget is like, yeah, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. And uh, her mom is trying to talk him up, like, oh, you know, he's a really successful barrister. Yeah, which is a lawyer. A of lawyer, course. right? And she's just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. And uh, her mom makes a point of telling her to go upstairs and get dressed because um, she doesn't like what Bridget is wearing. Well, she's not wearing anything it's not, inappropriate no. or bad looking. She's wearing like, and I think it was like a, a was gray just, sweater. Yeah, it was just a gray with sweater. With like a black, um, would that be a cardigan? I think so. Is that so. what that is? Yeah. Yeah, with like a black cardigan over it. And I forget what she was wearing, like. It's pants. I think they were just like black yeah. pants or something. But she sends her upstairs to go get dressed. And just like the rest of this house that is stuck mm-hmm. in the 70s, Bridget comes down wearing this like 
floral printed yeah. like vest and well, like dress combo or she something. She even says in the narration that she looks like she's wearing a carpet. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, so she's downstairs and uh this is where she introduces us through narration to Uncle Jeffrey. She points out she's like you know, you know, you know how it is. He's not really my uncle. He just, you know, has me call call him uncle. Yeah, and he like he He grabs her ass. Yeah, that's the first thing he does. He runs up to her. He's like, "Oh, how's my little Bridget?" Mm-hmm. And he walks up and he just grabs her butt. Yep. And then walks away and he's like, "You know, going to pour her a drink yeah. and stuff." And the first thing he asks her, "How's your love life, yeah. Bridget?" Yeah. Yeah. None of your business, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> right. And she just is like, oh, you know, it's great, you know, yeah. which, you know, is obviously a lie. Exactly. And now she, now from there, she uh, she goes to find her dad at the party. Oh, And right. there's her dad. He's just kind of standing there all by himself. He's got a, a glass of, like, wine or something in his hand. He's just kind of pour himself some wine, pours Bridget some wine. Yeah. And she, he gives her the heads up about the guy right. that she brought to meet Bridget he's like you know oh yeah he's like some human rights lawyer you know Mm -hmm. blah 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 talking about you know that he could be like a real snob or something basically and um right about that time here comes the mom with a tray full of pickles with toothpicks inserted into him yeah (laughs) and she's ready to take Bridget to go meet Mark so they go walking over there to go meet the famous Mark, and he it's, turns around, and it's Colin Firth. Right. Um, and first thing they, they zoom up on is he's wearing, like, a, a uh, Rudolph sweater. Yeah, ugly Christmas sweater, basically. Pretty much. <laughs> but we find out later it's his mom, like, gave it to him for Christmas. Yeah. So he, you know, had to wear it, basically. Yeah, he's kind of in the same boat as Bridget, basically. Yeah, exactly. His mom drug him there with... The intention of also hooking him up with Bridget. Mm-hmm. Basically, both their moms are just kind of playing matchmaker. Yeah. And uh, neither Bridget or Mark is into it. Right. So, so now Bridget is kind of introducing herself to Mark, and and she's kind of fumbling, uh, kind of like I am. She's fumbling <laughs> with her words, trying to figure out what to say, how to start the conversation. She's like, oh, yeah, so New Year's, you know. I'm all about the new resolutions. I'm going to quit smoking and I'm going to quit drinking. And mean, she's meanwhile, got a mimosa she has, in one hand. And yeah. A, she's yeah. got a drink in one hand and a cigarette, you know, in the other. Yeah. And then she, you know, laughs and she's like, oh, you know, oops, kind of thing. And it's your typical awkward scene between mm-hmm. two people who don't really know each other and don't kind of at the moment don't really care to. Yeah. And, uh, so finally, he just kind of excuses himself. He's yeah. like, yeah, I think it's time to go eat something. I... Right. So he walks away, and she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And the next scene, you see him talking to his mom, and he's telling her, like, look, I don't need you setting me up with any... I forget what he called her, but he basically... I don't need you setting me up with, you know, some some woman that, you know, drinks and uh, smokes too much and basically oh, yeah. can't hold a conversation. Yeah, and dresses like her mother, he yes. said. Yes, yes. And she, and of course, Bridget overhears this. Yep. And he turns around and notices, like, oh, crap, she, I think she heard me. Yeah. And she's just kind of, you know, putting that nasty looking food on her plate and just kind of like gives like a little, you know, huh, you know. That kind of thing and walks <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. So. 
And uh, so at that point, the um, the scene fate uh, pauses. I'm sorry, and you hear Bridget as kind of a monologue saying, "You know, this was the moment when I decided yeah. to make my resolution." Yep. And so it cuts to her in her apartment, and she's kind of having a uh, a little mini pity party. Yeah, for sure. She's watching Frasier. And she's <laughs> listening to Celine Dion sing "All by Myself." All by myself. Playing and... the air drums. Yeah, and singing along with it and stuff. And after that, she decides that she's gonna. She's gonna. Yeah. Yeah, that she's gonna. You know, write down. You know, um, her resolutions in the diary, and that she's you know gonna keep up with it every day. Exactly. And so keeps track of her cigarettes. She keeps track of her alcohol her intake weight. and her weight, which she says she's 136 pounds. I don't. And see I don't the know problem. how tall. Yeah. <laughs> How tall Bridget, I mean, Renee Zellweger is, I don't know. Right. But 136, to me, is not, like, yeah overweight by mm-hmm. any means. So, but yeah, so she starts, you know, starts off writing down, yeah, her weight, you know, which is, like, 136. Um, her cigarettes, I think she said, was, like, 22 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 22 cigarettes and, like, 50 alcohol units, well, she called. She said 30, and then she crossed it out and wrote 50. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and then she also mentions that, you know, when it comes to dating, that she's not going to date, um, and I don't have it all listed, but basically, you know, assholes and, uh, you know, that she's not yeah. going to date, you know, guys that are into themselves and, you know, assholes and things like that. Exactly. Which is literally what she goes after. And she's describing her boss. Yeah. And I mean, by saying all that. That's just it. So she describes, like, yes, I'm not going to date, you know, a, a guy with any of the following characteristics. And after she lifts them, you know, lists them off, first thing we see is Hugh Grant coming out of the elevator. Exactly. And the, yes, that's her boss. Yes. And uh, while he's walking out the elevator, he's going to go talk to one of his, I guess, work colleagues mm-hmm. or client or something. I think it's a work colleague. And you hear this woman singing very, very off key. Yeah. And it turns out it's Bridget Jones. Yep. She's standing on a file cabinet singing it like an office Christmas it was a, party. Yeah, it was like the office Christmas party. Yeah. And she mentions that, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not interested in me, after, especially after that. Right. You know, so. Exactly. But the next scene we see is she's at her desk and in walks uh, the guy that he, Daniel, the, the love interest, mm-hmm. um, what's his name, Hugh Grant's character, Yeah. It, was talking to. Um, she calls him as a nickname Tits Pervert. Yeah. But his name is Fitz Herbert. Yes. And he, she calls him that in her mind because that's all he does is he stares at her boobs and he calls her Brenda. Exactly. He doesn't he, even call her by her real like, name. He doesn't even try to learn her real no. name. I think he just automatically assumed his her name was Brenda I one guess. day. Yeah. But yeah, sh- sure enough, you know, he walks by and Bridget's just hard at work at her computer and he walks by, and she, you know, oh hey, happy, uh, happy new, Christmas, Mister. I think it's Fitz. New Year at this. New point. Year, that's what it was. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh yeah, and the whole time he's talking to her, it's looking down at her chest, mm-hmm. and calls her Brenda. And so from there, he walks into the office with um, Daniel. Yeah. And uh, at that moment, Bridget gets a call from one of her friends. I guess it works in the same. 
building maybe no i think she works at a different building but she mentions that her friend basically calls her every day from the bathroom always crying about her you know fuckhead boyfriend basically (laughs) yeah i think that was actually the the exact phrase and so she's trying to calm her friend down um you know telling you kind of you know telling her like you don't need them you know trying to give her all this advice and apparently that's like almost a daily thing for her to do this exactly (laughs) and so So. while she's talking to her to him um i should say that kind of to set this up i forgot to mention that the company she works for, Bridget works for, is a publishing company. Right. And the newest and upcoming book is going to be called Kafka's Motorcycle. The greatest, the greatest book ever. Yeah, or something the greatest like that. book of our time, or yeah. something like that. And so she, her job is in PR. Right. So she'll be fielding calls all the time, doing phone interviews, sending out letters, blah 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 blah. Right. And so, so when she calls, yeah. Yeah, so she's <laughs> trying to talk to her friend and stuff, and Daniel approaches approaches her to talk to her about something. And so she goes from talking to a friend to, you know, making up this whole thing about who she was talking to. Yeah, basically. Instead. She transitioned from calling her friend's ex-boyfriend, uh, I forget what she called him, like a knobhead or something. Uh, yeah, Which exactly. I think would probably be slang for... Dick. Yeah. Yeah, dickhead. And so... Yeah, he walks up and hears that, and she just kind of transitions from that. It's like, well, that is what some people would call uh, Mr. Kafka, I guess, which is the author of that yeah. book. But what I would call him is blah, 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 and then she makes, she comes up with this uh, name of the person that she's talking to on the other line. Uh, right. F.R., and I forget, he was apparently a, uh, a famous professor or something. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel called her out, like, so that was so-and-so, and she's like, yep. He's like, really? You know, the one that died in nineteen seventy something. Yeah. And she just kind of look on her face is like, oh, well, crud. well, and that's just it. Even on the screen, <laughs> it popped up and it said, oh, fuck, <laughs> like that on the screen. She's so. been caught, yeah. red-handed. Yep. Lying at work, yeah. do it, taking personal calls. Yep. <laughs> and so I think after that, we transition to uh, she meets up with her friends at the bar. Yeah, she's at a yeah, she's at the front at the bar with her friends and Um, she kind of introduces like through narration you know her friends yeah so uh we're introduced to her friend i think her name is shaz yes and i think she's the journalist she's yeah a journalist so there's her um there's uh the friend that you know she already introduced us to before that was crying in the bathroom she's there and then we find out about tony and she mentions that Tony was a pop artist like in the 80s or whatever <laughs> and that he had a hit record um, but he ended up not doing any more because all he needed was the one hit record and now he can get laid whenever he wants. Yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, exactly. So, and even at one point, like there's a guy that, you know, shows up and he's like, hey, aren't you the guy with, you know, the one record? And he's like, yes, yes, that's me. Yes, that was me. And yeah. he's like all proud of it mm-hmm. and stuff. But anyway, so she's talking to her friends, though, about like, what what do I do? You mm-hmm. know, now that I've messed up, you know, that kind of stuff, kind of asking for some professional right um, help or whatever. Exactly. So. And uh, I kind of, I love how. I like the, and we, we kind of noticed this the first time around. Yeah. The uh, 
the guy friend of hers, he's opening up an old school Nokia mm-hmm. phone, yep. taking it out of the box and everything. Like, it's not the same one that I had when I was younger, but I think mine was an older model, actually. Right. Than that one. I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, they're 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 all just trying to kind of help her out of a jam, I guess, really. Well, and Shaz, um, Shaz is even telling, you know, fuck him, basically. That's yeah, her favorite yeah, word, is yeah. F this, F that. That's right. Bridget's like, you <laughs> yeah. know, I think that's her favorite word to say. Right. And uh, I think even they may have suggested, you know, to suggested to her to change her wardrobe because in the next scene we cut to uh the next day at work and she's dressed completely out of character well, no, no 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 the reason why is she mentions um you know that oh you know it's a good thing that i can you know hold my liquor and she opens up the door oh, from the cab that's right yeah, so she opens up the door, she falls out of the cab, and then she shows up the next day at work, like in the afternoon, pretty much wearing what she wore out to the bar. That's right. Never mind. Yeah, I'm wrong about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep. So yeah, she she just showed up to work wearing the same clothes she wore that night right. out and with so, her friends. Right. So she was wearing kind of a tight top, and she was wearing a very short skirt. Yeah. That's and right. She kind of comes, you know, sort of stumbling in or whatever. And, you know, everybody kind of notices. I think mostly because it was also like later in the day. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it was. And so this is where we get the first like flirting email. Which is, well, <laughs> I mean, it's it's for the sake of the story, for the sake of the movie. Right. But he's really showing who he is like really early on Mm -hmm. but i guess the point is is bridget's character is probably such low self-esteem that she can't see it and she's just kind of you know glad to have the attention from him basically so yeah he sends her an email and it's it's flagged as important yeah and uh says the subject line serious problem right and the subject the the body of the email reads um where is your skirt is it sick today yeah because normally she wears a much longer skirt down to her knees or whatever well yeah she normally looks professional yeah more office attire right and she kind of she looks at that email and she um uh sends back a little flirty email back Mm -hmm. to him about um you know how you know oh management should um, not be asking me such such problems, and maybe management is sick, not my skirt. Right. And uh, he receives the email, and she can actually see him because his yeah. office is uh, is encased in glass, like right. it's just right next to her desk. Yeah, and he was on the phone or whatever, but yeah, she could see his facial expressions, exactly and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and he shoots like a little glance at her, like you know, like kind of flirt back and forth with mm-hmm. that. And uh, so that kind of gives her the idea to kind of continue this flirting thing from yep. there. And so the next day, we see her coming into work. She's basically she's, in a bra top. Yeah. It's a see-through shirt with a black bra. Exactly. And the kind of shirt, shirt you would skirt. wear. Yeah. Like maybe... To a um, club. A strapless know? something underneath it or right. whatever. Because it's, like you said, it's kind of almost sheer. Yeah, it is sheer. And um, and in a much shorter miniskirt this time around. Which, yep. of course, grabs his attention. Mm-hmm. And he was having a meeting at that time. Yeah. Yes. Which, if he was having a meeting, 
How was he able to email her? He that's some really good multitasking. <laughs> because normally I didn't see him at a computer though. And this was, you know, pre, you know, on your phone where you could really send emails. Oh, that's right. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's either a continuity sort of thing there, or maybe <laughs> maybe it just resumed shortly before or after that meeting. I guess. I don't know. But it looked like he was in the meeting at the time with yeah. those people. That's true. Yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't have had access mm-hmm. to his computer at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yep. And uh so so then from there it continues. We basically see just kind of a progression of this flirting yeah. over the course of several days. Well, and then the one email, he says, you know, nice tits in that shirt. That's right, yeah. Which, holy shit, could you imagine now? Like... Oh my gosh. I mean, like, you would be... Well, he should have been in trouble anyway to begin with, even though she was also exactly. flirting. It's like, yeah, that's not professional. Exactly. But in that case, it would have relied on her mm-hmm. reporting him. Right. Because... Besides him and her, nobody else knows it's going on. Yeah. And so it relies on either him to report himself or her to report him to HR. Right. Which, of course, in this case, neither one of them wants to report the other. They just wanted to continue on. Mm-hmm. And um, it continues on over several days until finally um, she's again, you know, in, in another little flirty outfit or whatever. Right. And uh, although this one's really not as bad as all the others, it's not. It it's looked almost more office attire ish e. Yeah. However you would say it. <laughs> um, but they're caught alone, not alone, but together in an elevator. Well, and that's just it. So they're in the elevator, and they're in the elevator with uh, tits uh, or whatever the hell <laughs> she calls them. <laughs> tits pervert or tits, Fitz Herbert? Yes. And so the three of them are in the elevator and he, you know, is like, Brenda, he's like, I want you to introduce me uh, so that I can introduce the author, you know, whenever we're doing um, the launch or whatever for his book. And she's kind of like, oh, you know, okay. Yeah, seems kind of redundant, but sure, whatever. Yeah, it's like, all right, you know, and so he gets off of the uh, elevator Mm-hmm. And you see Daniel Cleaver literally just holds her ass. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he he doesn't even make a point Mm-mm. to like be dis. Well, he's discreet, but he's not like. Um, well, he just straight up does it. I think it's he not... he's actually holding her ass at once. Once I'm sorry. Once um, Fitzhugh or whatever the hell his name is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. While they're having that conversation. And he so is. she's trying to, of course, maintain her cool. Meanwhile, Daniel's, you know, hand is on her butt. Exactly. And so, you know, he ends up, you know, leaving the elevator and stuff like that. And they continue to uh, ride down together. Yep. And <clears throat> this is whenever uh, he is also joking and calling her Brenda, too, you know, after. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he asks, he's like, you know, well, he's like, can we go out for a drink or, you know, maybe some dinner? And she's, you know, trying to play it cool and like, you know, oh, you know, I can't tonight. You know, let me, uh, I'll let you know. Right. Pretty much. Yeah, kind of playing hard to get Mm -hmm. and just to kind of keep the whole cat and mouse thing going. Right. And uh, from there, you see that she's gone to meet one of her friends for um, uh, dinner. Right. I guess it's that night or another night. Yeah. 
and she's telling her like all right so from here on out this is what you do mm-hmm. and so now we see that she's kind of she's getting ready for the party you know she's um it goes back and forth between bridget getting ready for the party and her yeah. friends giving her advice right her friends are telling her like all right when you introduce two people you need to introduce them and then offer just a little... Information. Yeah, a little that. info about each person. Yeah. And so that was one of the things. And then the other friend is like, you know, make sure that, you know, you basically do like heavy grooming. And so like they show, you <laughs> yeah. know, Bridget <laughs> shaving her legs and waxing, I'm assuming, her area. Um, I think it looked like she was <laughs> peeling out a thing of duct tape, though. No. It almost looked gray to me. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was... Hmm. Um, Either way, that would yeah. probably hurt. Well, and that's why she imagine. even said ouch. <laughs> and so, ouch among other things. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's showing like, okay, so she's doing some private grooming stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of like what, you know, what they show or whatever. And at one point, though, she's trying to decide between underwear. Yes. It's like, okay, do I go for, you know, like the cute thong (laughs) or do I go for the granny panties that control like the stomach area? (laughs) Yeah. Loved by grannies the world over, she said. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so that's what she ends up going with is those panties. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, they show her and she, you know, puts them on and stuff and, you know. Um, she ends up putting on like this really nice like black dress. Yeah. And you see her walking down the street and she's trying to like adjust the panties. Yeah. That are, you know, higher up on her waist. Yeah, it's like way to draw attention to (laughs) yourself there. (laughs) Exactly. And so now we're at the event, I believe, for this book. Yep. And um uh let's see. For some reason, Mark Darcy is always like everywhere yeah, that she I don't, is and I don't understand. I don't understand because exactly the way he always just seems to pop up everywhere. It's almost like they run in the same circles, but they don't because she right. barely remembered him. Exactly. Whenever his her mom introduced her to him in the beginning of this movie. He's like right. who Mark who? Like yeah. no, I don't remember him. Well, and it's like he's a lawyer, but it's not like he's an entertainment lawyer or Something like where like the author might need a lawyer. Right, exactly. He's a human rights lawyer. Right. He's a human rights defense attorney or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so she sees that he's there and that also this woman named Natasha is there. Who we find out is a lawyer, you know, that he works with. She's like supposedly just a work colleague of his, but she's trying to Yeah. When we see it throughout the film, she's trying to kind of weasel her way Mm -hmm. in like as his girlfriend. Right. But it's kind of funny though. So she, we see Bridget trying to take what uh, her friend, one of her friend's suggestions, because the girl that Bridget works with um, approaches and is like, "Hey, you know, introduce me." Yes. And at yeah. first, we get this this fantasy one of, you know, oh, you know, this is Mark Darcy, and you know, he's basically, I don't remember what he what she says, but. Yeah. At first, it's it's not nice. Yeah, she called him a jerk, basically. Yeah, pretty much. In, in much nicer words. Yeah, and she said, you know, and this is so-and-so, and she's my, you know, like my boss, and she, you know, controls me. Yeah, or she... something like that. She insulted both of them in, in her fantasy. Yeah. Because she doesn't like the woman who is... She's basically... 
the woman that she's kind of upset with, she works directly above Bridget, but not like not super by high much. above Bridget. Right. She's like a senior um, co-worker by like well, and she's always a hair basically. Well, and she's always trying to be in everybody's business. Exactly. But she opts for the traditional introduction yep. instead. And and she introduces them both kind of very politely. Um, and in walks Natasha just about then. And so now Mark introduces Natasha to Bridget. But instead he kind of basically does what Bridget wanted to do in the first place. Yep. He introduces her to Bridget and says, oh, yeah, this is Bridget. Bridget, this is Natasha. Natasha, Bridget wants... Uh, swam in my uh, kiddie pool naked and yeah. ran streaking through my backyard. Yeah, and she's like, okay, that's we- you know, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird, but okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, her colleague and Natasha starts talking and Natasha is kind of like, you know, well, it hasn't happened yet, but you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Basically, Natasha's like, it's gonna happen, but I just need more time. Yeah, I just need more time. And uh, so now we see Bridget um, this... I think now she's kind of trying to circulate through the room and talk to people. Have we gotten or to was the, that before? Well, have we gotten to the part where she goes up to the microphone? Oh, this that's actually come that comes right after that. I'm okay. sorry. I forgot to mention about her circulating around the room. Okay. It's not a big deal. She's just trying to take her friend's advice and like be sociable and yeah. stuff. And but back to um present moment in the film. It's time to make the announcement. It's time to in- introduce yeah. Fitz Herbert, whatever his name is. And so she gets up on the stage and she's kind of tapping the microphone and she's speaking into it, blowing into it, but it's not working. Right. And so she decides she's just going to scream She's like, oi! It. Yeah, oi, oi, which apparently... <laughs> that worked. Yeah. Got everybody's attention. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. She's like, sorry, microphone doesn't work. Yeah. And uh, so she you know, begins to introduce the book. She's like, yes, uh, I'm, uh, we're here today to unveil this new book, uh, Kafka's Motorcycle, the greatest book of our generation of our time. And then she And there's a bunch of authors in the room. Yeah, I think that the publishing company also represents. Yeah, and they kind of like, a couple of them roll their eyes. Yeah. Apparently they do (laughs) not like the book at all and they think it's rubbish or whatever. Probably. And so she kind of, she feels bad because she feels like she's maybe insulted them too. And she's right. like, oh, but Mr. So-and-so, you know, your books are really great too. Yeah. And then she looks at another guy and, oh, but yours are good too. Yeah. And so are yours. You have some really good books. And I just, <laughs> I love the look on Hugh Grant's face. His character is just kind of smiling and yeah. just kind of like shaking his head, you know, like, it was oh like gosh. like this train is just yeah. derailing quickly. Right. And um, so... In her head, she's trying not to say, you know, pervy, you know, yes. tits pervy or whatever the hell. Exactly. She she's got to introduce him or yeah. bring him to the stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so in her head, she's like, she's like, tits pervert? No. Tits pervert, tits pervert, tits pervert, tits pervert. And she's saying it over and over yeah, again and finally head. hits her. Uh, Fitz, Fitz Herbert. Yes. And uh, so he walks up to the stage and he's. He's kind of a jerk anyway. I just love it, though, because he, he like, looks at her and kind of thanks her, but then he just clicks the, like, little button to turn the microphone on. Yeah, but <laughs> he's kind of a jerk in the way he does it. Eh. He's kind of kind of like he's telling her, like, well, you're an idiot. Look at how easy it right. was. It's like, yeah, all you had to do was turn it on, but 
maybe nobody ran it through ran it by her right as to how to operate the microphone when it's time to speak yeah that's you know, true that's, Typically, the kind of thing you need to teach somebody before they go up and speak in front of a group of people. Right. Because when it comes to public speaking, um, or, or in my case, any speaking at all, <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of um, mental energy. And it's very easy to get, you know, confused and whatever. Right, yep. So, anywho, but yeah, when it comes to public speaking, period, though, it's just, yeah. It's it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it cuts to later after the uh, little party soiree yeah. thing is over. And Daniel has um, heard down in this little diner. I guess they've both agreed to kind of go out and have drink. some dinner or whatever yeah. afterwards. Yeah, dinner and a drink or whatever. And yeah, and they're talking about this Mark guy, you know. And she's kind of asking... Um, Daniel, like how does how do you know Mark? Yeah, because she kind cannot tell by the way they look at each other. They know yeah, each other, right? And it's not a good memory or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he gets into this story of like, oh well, you know, I was engaged um, to marry this girl once, and uh, me and Mark used to be friends at Cambridge. Yeah. Well, but and I was actually the best man at his wedding. Is yeah, what he said too. Exactly. And so, apparently, according to him, supposedly, what happened is Mark was caught having sex with this Daniel guy's, oops, fiance, and uh, then that was, you know, it it for the friendship, it for everything. Yeah, and he said, you know, it broke his heart and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, Bridget's, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's terrible, you know. Right. We'll forget him and stuff. Yeah. And from there, after, uh, after dinner's over... Um, they're both kind of just standing outside the uh, mm-hmm. bar or restaurant or whatever. And she's getting ready to go. She's going to call a taxi and go home. And Yeah. He's putting the moves on, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He's like, you know, oh, you know, why don't we why don't we go out for this? Or why don't we both go back to my place or your place or whatever? Right. And she's like, no, let me just call it a night. I'm going to go home. And she hails a taxi. And at that time, you know, he kisses her. Right. And... Then it cuts to... They're at his house. Yeah. And, And you know, enter the love scene. Yeah. And so he, (laughs) you know, has her, like, lifted up. And, you know, they're kissing on the couch. And they make it down to the floor. And this is where we get, you know, like, the awkward scene of, you know, he notices, like, her panties are... Right, the, not fashionable whatsoever. The granny style. Yeah, he <laughs> the uh, granny variety. You know, he starts to pull up her skirt or her dress, and he's like, "Those are some big panties." Yeah, and of course, she's just like, "Oh God!" You know, she's you know all embarrassed, and she's trying to pull you know the dress back down. And right, he's talking about how, "Oh no," he's like, "I love them." You know, he's like, "I you know have something on similar to that." You know, and of course they're you know laughing and stuff, right. and you know we. Cue to, you know, later on where obviously they've already had sex and they're, you know, in bed mm-hmm. uh, together. Oh, like you said, it cuts to, um, it cuts to like the next day or a couple of days later. Um, I don't know. No, I think it has been a couple of days, maybe. I guess we're supposed to find out that they've been kind of doing this. Yeah. Because in the scene, he also says that 
you know, it's only Thursday and we just met or we just started this on Tuesday. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, they're they're both in they're both in bed together and they're kind of talking, you know, oh that was great, yada yada yada. And she asked the question of, you know, well what's what happens at work? Which you and know, she gives, means it by like right. what's gonna happen between us at and work. He gives a sarcastic answer about basically what they do at their jobs. Yeah. And she's pointing out like, no, she's like, That's not what I meant. She's like, you know, how what what are we gonna do, you know, if people find you know, find out about us exactly you know, being together. Exactly. And like this is where he says, well, it's only Thursday. We only yeah. just started um, sleeping together on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I don't really think this is all that serious. Right. To me, that's like the first clue from him yeah. that she should have made the connection of this is yeah. this is going nowhere. He's just right. using me for... For you know, sex. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. But she just kind of is blinded by you know his charm or right. you know whatever it is. And they continue continue on with their little romp and stuff. But at that time, the phone rings, and it's Bridget's <laughs> mom, and she answers the phone. Wanton sex goddess, uh, I, you know, I've got a, a bad man between my thighs or something like that. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know why that's you just would... not a good way to answer the phone, period. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Just asking for trouble. Right. But it turns out the mom is calling with some news, and mm-hmm. she wants to meet Bridget for lunch to tell her. And so now we cut to Bridget is going to go meet her mom at the mall where her mom works now, apparently. Right. She's given one of those little demonstrations for one of those little wacky gizmos mm-hmm. that you can buy sometimes. And uh, it look <laughs> it's... It's very kind of almost um, uh, sexual. sexual. Yeah, it's this gadget that I guess you put. You can yeah. like you put the egg in there and you give it some pumps. Yeah, and I don't understand why you would need to do this. I it's supposedly from what I understand, I guess it like um, shakes the egg or something. Yeah, it like it's supposed to um, whip the egg inside of the shell. That's so stupid. Um, but it's like why it's not that hard to crack the egg and whisk it right by hand. But yeah, and so she she does that, and the egg pops out in her hand. She's like, ah, see, it's not broken. But then out shoots this like liquid. She's like, oh, mind the yolk. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> this is when Bridget walks up. And so now we see her mom and Bridget sitting together at this, you know, yeah, little, little bar thing talking right. over lunch. And this is where the mom tells Bridget that she's left her dad mm-hmm. because she feels like, you know, the love is basically gone. Yeah. She even tells her, you know, that there isn't sex, which, you know, no daughter yeah. ever wants to hear that. Yeah, more information than I needed, but okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're, you know... That basically she has done all this stuff for him um, with, like, nothing in return. Yeah. You know, so. And she even says something that it's like, you know, wow, that was a kind of a biatch thing to say. She's like, she's like, having kids is really tough. You know what? If I had it all to do over again, I wouldn't have had kids. It's like, thanks, Mom. And Bridget, yeah, it's like, I'm your kid, so you just told me that you wished I didn't exist? Yeah. Thanks. What the hell? Appreciate that. Right. (laughs) And so this is where the mom also uh, tells her that she has met somebody else. Yeah. And 
I guess maybe it's more kind of like a work thing, mm-hmm. but I think maybe the mom is kind of hoping it's going to be a more. romantic thing. But the dude is not interested in women, for sure. Right. I don't know how the mom cannot see that. <laughs> but he's like, you know, he's super flamboyant, you know, and he's just kind of, you know, doing doing his thing or whatever, talking to the mom. Tan. He's very tan. Yeah. You know. And uh, so he's he's apparently the host of this big primetime sales show on the home shopping network she says yeah and he says that she's got a gift for showcasing and wants to use her on his show to showcase the products that he's selling right and uh from there it seems like weeks have passed and uh bridget is actually going over to see her dad and he's really not in a good place He hasn't shaved in what looks like days. He's right. just sitting on the floor, depressed, um, watching the Home Shopping Network, actually. And his so wife. So he can see his wife. Yeah, and his <laughs> wife is on there, you know, doing her thing. Yeah, and, you know, we see the we see the, the Home Shopping host, you know, and he's, he's talking in a very much different way than he mm-hmm. talked in the previous scene yep. about the set of in- earrings, and he's measuring them. You know, they measure in three centimeters, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. They're exact replicas of this. And the dad is just kind of like, he's like, look at him. He looks almost like a tangerine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Bridge is like, oh, you know, just just give her time. She's right. just, it's just a phase. She'll get over it and she'll come back. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. You know, he's, he doesn't really, he doesn't see that there's much hope. Right. But it turns out that both Bridget and her dad have gotten this invite to the the uncle the guy who grabbed Bridget's butt in yeah. the, earlier in the movie. <laughs> the uncle is throwing what's going to be what's called a Tarts and Vickers mm-hmm. party, which is basically a costume party where the men dress up as priests, right. um, you know, vicars, and the women dress up as hookers. <laughs> nice. And whoever is best dressed in each category wins right. some sort of prize. Right. It's just an adult-themed party for fun or whatever, basically. Right. And she's telling him, like, hey, look, you know, that Vickers and Tarts party is coming up. You know, you can... Yeah. Maybe you can kind of show her you've still got it. You know, why don't you just walk around and flirt with a bunch of women there? Which is so weird. Like, I can't ever imagine, like, me telling somebody like my dad... (laughs) Exactly. ...to flirt with other women while you're still married to the mom. Yeah. That's weird. It's a strange concept. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That would be very, It's very like, hey, odd. Dad, go flirt with other women in front of Mom. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, never mind. Even if even if they were both legally divorced and it would be okay for them to kind of right. explore other areas. It's, it still would it be It would weird. still be strange. Yeah, like, seeing your dad flirt. Exactly. You know? It's like, I don't want to give you dating advice. I mean, yeah. hey, you want to date? That's cool. Right. I really don't care. I mean, have fun. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, but I don't feel comfortable giving you advice exactly. in this field. <laughs> so that's the advice so that she gives them. Yep. And this is where we, you know, we go back to her and the boss. Yep. And she's talking about how, you know, like, oh, you know, the... I think it's already been like a couple of months, and I think so. Yeah, you know, having sex all the time, and it's yeah. great. She's a like goddess or whatever she calls mm-hmm. herself. 
And so, you know, this this isn't just like a once in a while thing because, you know, he's taking her away on a trip. Exactly. On, you know, like a little weekend trip. Yes. And so we see them, you know, in the car and, uh, you know, heading off on this trip. And I think it's I think it's funny because at first she's got you know she's got something coming her hair because you know they're in a convertible. Yeah, she's got like a it's like very and she even like mentions it in her yeah. little in her monologue. It's very Grace Kelly, of right? Her. You know, she's got like a, like you said the little satin scarf and mm-hmm. it's like covering her hair and she's got sunglasses on. Yeah, well, the <laughs> scarf flies off at some point. Yeah, and... you know, it's meant to be sort of like a fun, playful, sexy thing. Right. But it turns out to be a disaster for yeah. her hair. <laughs> so they show up at, you know, like this, I guess it's like a fancy hotel. Yeah, they like, dri- I don't know how long they drive, but they yeah. drive through like the English countryside or whatever right. to this like romantic retreat hotel somewhere. And it's pretty dead or whatever. And uh, uh, Daniel actually asks, he's like, are we the only ones here? Right. And the you know lady mentions, no. She's like, well, you know, we're having a wedding here this weekend. And mm-hmm. you and like two other people are the only ones not a part of the wedding. Yeah. Or and whatever. Who else is mm-hmm. there but none other than Mark and Natasha. Natasha. And apparently they're there at this romantic looking getaway place on a business trip together. Yeah. Like they're doing research on their latest case and, you know, because what we see happen now is it cuts to later on in the day and we see Natasha and Mark in rowboats together. Right. And she's reading like a docket and stuff and they're going over their case. Yeah. (laughs) And then you see also... um, Bridget, Bridget and, yeah, yeah, Bridget and Daniel, but they're in separate rowboats, which is not very romantic. It's not, <laughs> but the the thing is, though, is that they're having fun. Well, that's true, and you know, they're both kind of rowing along, and he says some sort of like pervy poem thing that he made up. Yeah, and you know, Nat- you know, they're laughing and having fun, and Natasha was talking about how, gosh, you know, they're so you know immature and kid like mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then at one point, Daniel stands up in his boat and he straddles he straddles the two boats. Yep. And, and you of know, course, they start to separate. They separate. And, of course, he goes tumbling forward into yeah. the water. And, you know, Bridget's, of, you know, of course, laughing. And, oh, you know, you're such an ass and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yep. And, you know. And the look on Mark's face while they're having mm-hmm. all this fun is... He, he kind of looks kind of hurt and jealous at the same time. Yeah, he does. Because he's sort of developed a crush on Bridget. Right. And uh, he's angry because she's with this Daniel guy. Yeah, and we'll find out some more about yeah, why that's not good. Exactly. <laughs> and so. uh, from there it cuts to nighttime. Mm-hmm. And it's Bridget and uh, Daniel in bed. And they're talking... She's kind of mentioned like, oh, you know, what we did is illegal in some countries and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And uh, it... Butt sex. Gesundheit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she turns to him and she asks him just straight out, do yeah. you love me? And this is 
red flag red, number two. Yeah, well, among he, other red flags. Well, yeah, that's yeah, true. It's the like, big red flag number yeah, two. Exactly. He can't. He can't answer the question. Right. He's like, "Shut up, or I'll do it to you again." Yeah. And uh, you know, he says it sort of playfully and stuff mm-hmm. because he can't answer it because he doesn't love her. Right. He's just using her for fun. Yep. And you know, she's like, um, I forget what she says. Uh, from there, I think she just kind of starts laughing, and they start yeah, they start messing around, doing stuff again. Yeah, and then we cut to the next morning, and Bridget's kind of laying in bed, and she's slowly waking up, and she kind of leans over in bed and sees that he's not in bed, right? But instead, he's sitting in a chair at the foot of the bed. Yeah, and he kind of he yep. just sort of gives her this you know look of you know I've got to go. Yeah. And she's like, you know, well, what what do you mean? You know, we still have the uh, party and stuff to go to. Yeah. And he's like, I really can't. He's like, you know, I, I need to go back and I need to, you know, run some figures and, you know, things like that. And he gets like super uh, de- defensive and angry. Well, and at one point, that's just it, though. At one point, he stands up and he tells her, he's like, you don't understand you know, how how uh, much trouble the biz- our business is in. Yeah. They basically, you know, want to come and close us down. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, of course, that makes Bridget, you know, realize, like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, serious. Right. And stuff. So he ends up um, dropping her off at the party. He's like, I'll, he's like, I'll just, you know, drop you off at the party and stuff. And then, you know, just grab a right. cab or you know whatever right he, he encourages her to dress still up go to still the party. and go to the yep. party and so yeah like you said the next scene is well actually just before they leave you know she tells him like look if this is about last right. night if you aren't interested if you don't you know love me or whatever you don't want this just say so right don't keep this up and he you know oh no 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 it's fine it's just mm-hmm. work stuff it's no big deal. And so, yeah, they cut to the party. Yeah. And he gets out of the car in a little bunny costume. Yeah, she's wearing a Playboy bunny costume. Exactly. Yep. And uh, she's kind of walking to the party and she's, you know, doing her little bunny stuff, mm-hmm. wagging her. She's got a tail on the yeah. backside and <laughs> wagging her butt and stuff. And <laughs> she walks up and, of course, she is the only one in costume. Right. Everybody else is dressed. Normal. Normal. And... This is where you get the uh, uncle walk mm-hmm. up, and he goes to actually grab her little cotton ball tail yeah. on her butt, and her mom comes out of nowhere and slaps his hand. Yeah, it's like where the hell have you been to? Exactly. You know, all those other times he was there touching my butt. Right. There's no telling what he's yeah. done beyond butt touching. <laughs> that sounds weird. That does sound weird, <laughs> but it's true. And uh, so Bridget asks her mom, you know, because, you know, everybody there in the party, they're all dressed in their Sunday best. Right. They're all nicely dressed, and Bridget sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. She's got big bunny ears, a black bunny, you know, yeah. one-piece suit and stuff, and asks her mom, like, what the heck is going on? Right. And the mom, is, the mom says to her, well, you didn't get a call? You know, your Uncle Jeffrey didn't call you? Right. He decided to change the party from a Vickers and Tarts to just... You know, regular party. And Bridget's <laughs> like, nope, I didn't get a call about that. Yeah. And uh, from there, we see, you know, Bridget kind of, 
she manages to find her dad. Who also didn't get the call. Who also didn't get the call because he's dressed up as a vicar at this point. And uh, she's like, well, I see you didn't get the you didn't get the call either. And his response is, no, but at least I didn't spend as much money as so-and-so over there. And he's like got a full-on like, like cardinal like or a pope yeah. <laughs> or whatever. He's like full-on dressed up. And the guy's just sort of sitting there all sheepish and sad yeah. looking. Like he, right. he's like, yeah, he spent a lot of money on that costume. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they're kind of talking together. And um, the dad is bummed out because he kind of tried the advice that Bridget gave her. And yeah. it didn't go over very well. Right. He flirted with this one chick. And she apparently had just gotten over some sort of uh, surgery and something else, and she just wasn't having any of it. Um, and so he also asked her, "Is like, hey, so where is your boyfriend? Where is this yeah. Daniel guy?" And she says, "Well, well, he had to go back to work. He had to go back to work, exactly." Yeah. Um. And so now we kind of see, you know, Bridget's, you know, left her dad, and uh, she's mingling about the party a little bit, and. We hear this one lady, you know, she's talking to people and serving food and and uh, tells this one lady who's really not dressed all that bad. She no. just kind of got a little, it's a little slightly low cut, but not that low cut of a shirt. Right. And uh, this lady serving the food to this other lady in the kind of like almost florally looking shirt. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, Bridget and uh, um, her dad showed up, you know, dressed up too. And she's like, I was, I'm not dressed yeah, up. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm not dressed up. And the lady kind of looks at her, sort of sheepish, and, you know, the chick that she just insulted and just kind of walked away in yeah, a huff. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? And, of course, who's standing behind little, you know, the, the floral shirt chick? Yeah. But Mark. Right. Who is at apparently every single yeah. shindig these exactly. people have and natasha was there too and of course you know little little jerkwad natasha mm-hmm. the the lady and so the lady who's serving food asks bridget you know where is your boyfriend yeah and uh you know what's his name and all this and and bridget's you know like oh you know he had to work and stuff and and they make the comment of you know oh well i hope you're your boyfriend, he's a nice guy or something. Yeah. And uh, Mark makes the comments like, well, I know for a fact he certainly is not nice. Right. And uh, Bridget tells Mark, well, you know what? If uh, Daniel were here, he would say the same thing about you. Yeah, exactly. And Mark kind of looks at her kind of funny. He's like, what do you mean? What's that supposed to right. mean? And Bridget says, "You, I think you know what it means. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and from there... The um, it just kind of it cuts to Bridget leaving. She's left the party, you know everything's over, um, and she's gone to Daniel's apartment. Right. Um, and she goes in and she's she has a bag with her, doesn't he? She's she like bringing something to him or something. I think so. Yeah, she, and probably like party leftovers or something, some food and stuff. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember, but she goes there and she's kind of talking. It's like oh. She's apologizing about the night before. It's like, right. Um, and just, you know, he's apologizing about leaving. And uh, then she she thinks she hears something. Right. And she's like, who else is here? And he's like, well, I don't, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so she goes to open his bedroom door. She and, does. And she doesn't see anything. Yeah, she doesn't see anything. And she turns back around. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, 
I'm just going crazy. I yeah. think I, I'm just going to go on home. I think this is also when she tells him too. She's like, you know, about last night. I didn't, oh, that's I didn't right. mean, you know, whenever I said, I love you. That's right. She's like, I was just, I was, I was just playing. Just, it was just know, a joke. Yeah. You know? And, um, and he's like, oh, it's, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. Right. And so he escorts her out of his apartment. And this is when she sees a mystery sweater. Mm-hmm. A purple sweater. Not hers. Right. And it's obviously not his. Because yeah. he doesn't wear yeah. women's clothing. Um, so she go, runs back up the stairs and stuff. And now she yep. knows somebody's there. Yep. And she goes into uh, his bathroom that's like you know next to his bedroom this is weird by the way (laughs) yeah this is very like oh and i've just i was about to say some movie it reminded me of and i just forgot it just that quickly but it's just a weird scene so she yeah so she opens up the door and she sees you can tell the woman is naked but she's covering her breasts with like this um book yeah it's it's a huge book i guess it's a legal book of some sort it's got a bunch of stuff in there I don't know. Yeah. But what a way... She's... The way she's sitting and the way mm-hmm. she's posed, it's like she's been sitting like that all along. <laughs> yeah. How long were you in there, sitting there with this big book covering your, you know, yeah, midsection stuff. and stuff? But yeah, you know... And but, then, and of course, Bridget is standing there shocked, and the woman is like, I thought she would be a lot thinner. And... Like... F you, lady. Right? Okay, this goes back to the beginning of the film. Yeah. Where Bridget says her weight and she's not happy with it. Right. 136 pounds or whatever. Yeah, forget you, chick. Mm-hmm. Like, you're no, you know, you're not really all that much to look at either anyway. Right? <laughs> so needless to say, you know, Bridget is obviously upset. Right. And, you know, goes back downstairs and, mm-hmm. you know, runs off. Exactly. And so, yeah, Bridget runs out. And she's she's running back to her apartment, and she's you know rightfully upset and depressed right. and, and angry. And when she gets back to her apartment, she's kind of licking her wounds a bit. Mm-hmm. She's um, kind of drowning her sorrows. She pulls out moldy cheese out of her freezer <laughs> or yeah. fridge, and she scrapes the mold. She scrapes the mold off the cheese and then goes to like eat it with something. Yeah, I don't get that. That's like. Okay, that mold is not surface mold. I'm no. pretty sure that mold is probably throughout. Yeah. That's gross. Um, but, yeah, so after the whole moldy cheese thing, you see her, you know, she's taking the alcohol bottles and she's throwing them away, um, including uh, some, like, self-help type books on, like, how to get a man or yeah. something oh, like that. Yeah, oh, that's right. I forgot. And I forget what all the titles were. But, yeah, yeah. they were basically how to, like, get a man. And then she ended up replacing them with um, basically like you don't need a man type books. Yeah. <laughs> One of them made me laugh was uh, uh, women who need a man are mad. Yeah, I think something was, like that. Yeah, I don't know. That just kind of made me laugh. Yeah. So needless to say, her attitude has shifted. Yeah, exactly. I like the the one scene in this whole little montage of, you know, her turning over a new leaf. Right. She's in the gym and she is going hard yeah. and heavy on one of those um, uh, exercise bikes, right? Which is not a good idea to do, yeah. Because whenever. as soon as she finishes, she pops up off that bike, like 
she's she's going real hardcore on the bike right. and she doesn't do any like cool down period she, she just stops and she gets off the bike and of course her legs give right out. out yeah she falls <laughs> over it's like no you need a little cool down period yeah. whenever you're doing this sort of stuff because once you're done if you don't cool down and sort of slow it down a little bit before you start walking around again you're <laughs> you might fall <laughs> Yep. I've almost done it a couple of times getting off the treadmill. Right. Not not lately, but I've, it's been a while. And so now we see uh, Bridget has uh, returned to work, and she's just trying to keep it business as usual. Right. You know, it's it's awkward between her and her boss, but she's just trying to keep a business relationship mm-hmm. now. But he is wanting to just, you know, address the elephant in the room for right. some reason. And she finally, you know, goes ahead and she lets him talk. And he's telling her, it's like, this is another reason why he's a real jerk. Mm-hmm. He's telling her, he's like, look, you know, we're we, we're both about the same age. He's like, but, you know, you know, Laura out there, she's... She's just, she's younger. She's American. She's got confidence. Right. You know, she's, he's insulting Bridget, like, oh, yeah. to her face. Right. By telling her. All of her shortcomings. Yeah, that, like, oh, well, she's better than you. That's yeah. why I'm not with you anymore. Right. You know. And so Bridget responds with, you know, well, how do you know all this about her? She only just flew in, yeah. you know, this week or the other day or whatever. And he kind of looks you know, around, and he's like... And she, that's when she realizes, like, oh, you've you've known her for a while. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you know, she's like, silly yeah. Bridget, of course you've known her for a long time. And this is when he confesses, like, yes, and we're you know, engaged. I used to work with her, yep. Exactly. Drops and that, the bomb that, yeah, he's engaged. Oh, yeah, that really kind of upsets her. Well, yeah. And rightfully so. It's like you've known her long enough to get engaged. Get engaged, <laughs> and you didn't tell me you were with somebody at that time, right? And uh, and actually, that's just we got that a little bit of out of order. I just I just realized that um, her whole New Year, New Bridget montage of her exercising yeah. and books and stuff <laughs> came after he dropped that bomb, right? But that makes sense. I, yeah, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, and so, actually, also, as part of that whole New Year, New Bridget mm-hmm. thing, along with exercising and the books, she's decided she's going to start a new career. Yep. And she's wanting to she's... start a career as, like, a television yeah, uh, producer. anchor, producer person. Yeah, so you see her going through the want ads and circling different positions and yep. stuff. And then we see her go... <laughs> I love the interviews. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the first interview, at first it starts off okay. Mm-hmm. And then the guy asks her, you know, so what do you think about, you know, El, this El Nino thing? And she's like, oh, she's like... I think that this uh, this kind of music will, you know, eventually fade out. Yeah, Latin music is <laughs> La- just a fad. Yeah. And, and that that's when that interview is over. Yeah. Like, no, we're talking about the El Nino weather. Right. You know, fun. Yeah. Anomaly or whatever it's called. Yeah. And uh, so the next interview is at this, like, kind of teen-centered mm-hmm. TV station. And the guy's asking her, you know, like, what do you think of kids? Oh, God, you know, kids are our future. Right. You know, and he's like, oh, okay, cool. Do you have kids of your own? And she's like, oh, God, God no. no. I hate kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's when that interview is over. Yeah. <laughs> and so the final interview, 
um, she, you know, he asks like, well, you know, why do you want, basically, why do you want this position? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, what did he say? Oh, she told him whenever he asked what she wanted, why she was wanting to work there. Right. She said, well, I have to quit my job because I was shagging my boss. Yeah. And now I have to, you know, stop or whatever, basically. And, um, not have to stop, but... So the boss is like, the boss of that station is like, all right, you're hired. You can start, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, and he gets up and he walks away and then he turns around. And he's like, and just so you know, for future reference, um, we here at Stand Up Britain um, don't look down on people who want to shag their boss. Yeah. That is a matter of principle. It's like and her God. look on her face is like, jeez, oh, yeah. did I just go into the fire from the frying pan or right. what and so now it cuts to the next day she's gone to uh gone to her old job right and she's gonna let him know that she's quitting and he's she goes into daniel's office and tells him you know that she's she's quitting and she got a new job and she's like in fact i start in three minutes and uh, he tells her, like, you know, no, no, wait, you know, you can't leave. And he kind of chases her as she's walking out of the office. And the lady who Bridget didn't like because yeah. the lady always kind of talked down to her gets up and, you know, stops Bridget and, you know, tells the boss, like, you know, I want to hear this because if she doesn't stand up for herself, you know, then I'm going to fire her just for being spineless. Right. And uh, so the guy, he's like, you know, oh, well... You know, you can't go because, you know, maybe for personal reasons that you weren't recognized and respected. And and if you stay here, then we can work things out. Right. And Bridget tells him that she wouldn't, even if it meant her taking a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass, yeah. <laughs> she, she would still not want work for him. Yep. And, and then uh, at that point, everybody is laughing and clapping. Mm-hmm. And you see her like leave. Yeah, I, I like that part. It's, yeah. it's it's just it's kind of like a nice little in your face to him. Mm-hmm. And so now we see, you know, now she's she's kind of happy. She's excited that she quit her job and she's done with that. Um, and now she's at her new job, and her first assignment is to be on location at this fire station. Right. There'll be three separate live feeds. And she'll be one of them. Mm-hmm. And her job is to um, slide down the fireman's pole and run in and in, in <laughs> interview the captain. It's just so unnecessary. It just kind of shows that this is well, kind of a tabloid I don't news think, station. I don't think she was originally supposed to be on screen, though. Because the guy tells her, hey, you know, put some more makeup on. He's like, I want you in a shorter skirt, oh, that's put right. on a fireman's hat, and then we're going to send... He's like, I want you going down the pole, and I want you holding, he said, the uh, fire hose. That's right, that's and she right, she gives yeah. a look like, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we get this shot of her, and she's on top of the fireman's pole, and there's a guy... You know, telling her at first to go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And she starts sliding down and then he stops her. 
And he's like, wait, he's like, go back up. And so she's, you know, trying to climb right. up. You she's know. halfway th- down this pole. Like, yeah. it's a lot harder to climb up that thing than exactly. it is to slide. And so <laughs> she gets, uh, you know, further up or whatever. And he, she, he tells her again to go. Mm-hmm. And so she starts coming down and all you see is her ass <laughs> yeah, in a she, thong. She freaking, she, she like nails on, the cameraman. Yeah, she lands on top of the cameraman butt first. <laughs> I love that. But yeah. she doesn't break character. She just like, nope. she just gets up and she's like, all right, well, that's all we have time for here today. I want to thank our police chief. I mean, our fire chief, so and so. Yeah. And she's like, "Back to you in the studio." Yeah. <laughs> and then you see her, and she's you know in her apartment, and she's just playing that part over and over again of her butt coming down <laughs> on the, the thing. Yeah, that's that's just funny. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that was good. And uh, she while she's watching that, I think she gets a call, or she's talking about how. She's got this dinner party to go to soon. Oh, yeah. And it's an all-couples dinner party. Yes, it's all of them are married couples. She's yep. like, the only thing worse than uh, a single person going... A single person around one judgmental married couple, it's a single person in a room full of judgmental married right. couples. Multiple ones. And so... She goes. She goes. We see her. She's gone to the party. And... Of course, you know, it's full of, you know, your stereotypical, you know, mm-hmm. over the top of PDA married couples. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hi, Bridget. Each one's going to the line. Right. And for some reason, there's Mark. And Natasha. And Natasha. They're not a couple. They're like work colleagues. But again, it's like, why are they at like every single yeah. one of these things that she ends up at? I think if I was her, I just wouldn't go out anymore. Exactly. Like, F this. Exactly. I'll just stick with the whole spinster thing. Exactly. And the so they have the seat saved for Bridget, and it's at the head of the table for some reason. Yeah, where she's sitting by herself. You yes. Know, since she's not in a couple. And everybody's, you know, looking at her. And, and now come the questions. And the actually, so, the most inappropriate ones come from, like, one of the dudes, mm-hmm. one of the married dudes yeah. at the table. And his first question is, of course, how's your love life? Right. And um, I forget what her response is to that. And um, somebody asked something else um, about, you know, why is it that, um, you know, why is it that you're still single or why is it that there are so many 30-something single women in your, yeah, in the workforce and, or whatever. Right. And uh, her response to that is like, you know, oh, well, maybe it's because every time they find out we have scales, you know, they run away or something. Yeah. But then finally she gets irritated with all their little, you know, judgmental questions and she's like... You know what? What's the divorce rate anymore these yeah, days? Is, is it, it one in three or one, one in four? four? And Mark Darcy says one in three. Yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> yep. And it was kind of like that moment. Well, I should say, you know, that shows her like leaving and stuff like that. And yeah. Mark Darcy is, you know, coming down the stairs and he's just telling her, he's like, you know, hey, you know, I uh, liked your uh, segment on uh, Stand Up Britain. And, of course, she's embarrassed, you know, because she knows what he's talking about. Exactly. And, um, you know, they're just having, like, you know, like a little conversation. And this is kind of where she starts to like him more. Right, exactly. Well, it's because he tells her, he apologizes, basically, for being rude at the Christmas party the year previous. Right. And, you know, he's like, you know, look, you know, I was there. I wasn't. 
I wasn't really wanting to be there, and mm-hmm. I was wearing an ugly sweater that my mom gave me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he he basically says, this, he tells her that now he sees, you know, what kind of person she is, and he tells her, you know, like, I, I really like you. Yeah, don't, and, you know, you're you're great the way you are. Yeah, so I guess, like, no one's ever, like, told her that before, ever. Right. And so she's she's definitely getting new feelings for him. Yeah. And right about that time, Natasha comes down. Yeah, and, and she's snaps like, at him. Yeah, she snaps at him. It's like, lady, if I'm going to be late for a game, so be it. Like, who cares? Right. It's like, I'm down here talking to somebody. Don't snap at me. <laughs> right. Now it's the next day at uh, Bridget's work, and uh, she's got a new assignment coming up. And she's never heard of who this guy's talking about. It turns out her new assignment is to interview um, this freedom fighter, this Kurdish freedom fighter, and this British lady who married him to hopefully keep him from being extradited back to his country and probably executed. And so now the day, today is the day that the trial is going to come to a close. Mm -hmm. And her assignment is to get an interview. Right. and, And talk to them. And so she goes down there, and she's kind of getting ready to get get ready for the interview. And her cameraman walks in. And he's like, "We messed up. Yeah, we missed it. The trial's over. They're gone." Yeah. Well, because she went into a into like a store to get some cigs. She did. Yeah. And of course, Mark was in there. Right. And he's in his like barrister, you know, mm-hmm. outfit and stuff. And and uh, Mark is like, "No, you didn't miss him. I mean, no." Mark Mark says no. Nobody else got it. Nobody got any interviews. Right. Like you didn't miss anything. And she's like, "Well, how do you know that?" And he's like, "Well, I was defending them, and I told them not no to interviews. give interviews." Right. And uh, he's like, "You know what? I got an idea." And so he actually set up like an exclusive interview right. just for Bridget with yep. the uh, the two defendants in that case. Yeah, that he was defending. Yep. And it turns out that he won the case. Mm-hmm. He the the. The defendant was allowed to stay in the country. Right. And so she's, you know, getting just like this scoop of a lifetime, basically. Right. And uh, she gets all kinds of kudos from the boss and everything. Yep. And the boss is like, you know, oh, that's a real good job. You know, you, you're you famous now. Yeah. <laughs> and she's super excited about this. So she decides she's going to throw a dinner party with all, for all of her friends. A birthday dinner party. A birthday, that's for, right. A it's birthday her dinner birthday. Party, dinner yep. party. Because now she's feeling like, you know, if I can do this, then who knows? Maybe I can cook, too. Right. Which I like. She's running through, like, the <laughs> kitchen trying to find stuff. And she's like, I'm Bridget Jones, and I'm searching for the yogurt. Yeah, I'm here. searching for tuna. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, so while she's kind of doing all that, and she's substituting what's supposed to be just, like, baking, twine, right. or whatever... She substitutes it with, like, yarn, yarn. dyed yarn. Yeah, blue yarn or whatever. And while she's doing that, she gets a little buzz at her door, and turns out it's Mark. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were busy. I just wanted to congratulate you on your, you know, your big break. And uh, he's got, like, the newspaper in his hand for the Mm -hmm. article clipping. And, uh, you know, she invites him inside, and he, he walks inside, and he's like, what is this? And yeah. he looks at the blue stuff. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's blue now. Yeah. The, the soup. And she's like, oh, well, I guess that's blue soup now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, he's like, do you need, like, some help or something? And uh, basically, from here, we kind of have this whole romantic cooking yeah. scene. Montage. 
you know, they're laughing and, and cutting stuff eggs together. And, and, you know. Yeah. The only thing that's missing is them dancing in, in the middle of the kitchen and smearing food on each other's right. faces. <laughs> right. And uh, so, you know, that whole thing goes by. And now it's time for the friends to show up. And so the friends all kind of come in. They're like, oh, hey, you know, who are, you know, who's this guy? Right. And uh, he might as well just stay for dinner at this point. So, yeah, they all sit yep. down for dinner. And, and the friends are immediately interrogating him. Oh, yeah. One of them pops off immediately out of the gate with, like, so, you know, why are you divorced? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Bridget shuts that down a little bit. <laughs> and uh, they're trying to stomach down this blue soup. Yeah. And uh, they move on to the next course. And Bridget's like, you know, now it's time for such and such. And. It it progresses, the scene just progresses Don down to the final course of the day, the yeah. night, which is some sort of marmalade thing. Yeah, and basically all the food sucks. Exactly, and the friends are like, you know, you know, toast to Bridget, you know, she can't cook, but we like her just the way she is. And they all, she kind of gives them all a look, because it's like, you know that she had told them yeah. that that's what he had said. Exactly. To her. Yep. Like, you know, we like you just the way you are. Exactly. And so she kind of gives them a look, like, really, guys? <laughs> you know? Yeah, be a little more subtle. Mm-hmm. But right about this time is when there's another buzz at the door. Right. And so one of the friends go gets up to, uh, you know, get it. Mm-hmm. So she does... And she comes in and, you know, um, Bridget's asking, you know, so who is it? And you can tell by the look on the friend's face that she's not thrilled. And then that's whenever you see Daniel. Yes. Yeah, he walks in. He's got like a bottle of wine in right. his hands. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you would be alone talking mm-hmm. to Bridget. And so Bridget gets up and, you know, he asks him basically, like, why are you here? Right. And he pulls her to the side and he starts talking about that that weekend at the summer vacation yeah thing. the vacation thing and the whole time mark's just staring him down mm-hmm. like hardcore and so daniel's like you know let's let's go outside and talk right and this is when you know he is just laying it on like super thick and this is where we find out i think too that uh he's no longer engaged he's no longer engaged to what's her face she left him she dumped him yep so now he's going after the second best choice basically pretty, yeah, is what much. this is and he's laying it on really, really thick, and finally it gets to a point where he's actually going in for a kiss, mm-hmm. and she's kind of about to kiss him, too, and Mark gets up. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to go. Yeah. And this snaps Bridget out of it. She's like, no, you know, don't go, and Mark leaves, and Bridget turns around and looks at Daniel's like, you know, why are you even here anyway? Right. You know, why did you come here? And uh, Daniel starts explaining to him and explaining to her, you know, and this is about when Mark walks back in. Yeah. And uh, Mark looks at Daniel's like, you and me outside right now. Yeah. And And he's like, what? Like, should I bring like dueling pistols? Or my sword. Dueling pistols, I'm sorry. And and, uh, Mark's like, you know, let's go right now. So down goes Daniel outside to meet Mark in the street. Yep. And Mark's like, I should have done this years ago. And Daniel's like, done what? And this is when Mark sucker punches I the mean, heck out of him. He punches him, like, yeah, hard. Yeah. And he actually ends up down on the ground. Yes. And meanwhile, Bridget and her friends are down there, you know, watching also and, like, in shock. 
And for some reason, her friend, the dude that yeah, wrote Tommy. the jingle, yeah, he runs over to a restaurant across the street, yeah. and I guess it's like high, it's a, middle school again. I guess he's like, "There's a fight," and everybody looks at him like, "Well, what are we supposed to do?" And he's right. like, "Come on, there's a fight right now." I love it because it looks like the only people that come out to see it are the, Is the wait staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. You know, all the other guests yeah. in there now just. Don't know what to so do. So we get this really good like fight scene between you know Mark and uh, yes, yeah, yeah, and Daniel. Yeah, they they kind of like wrestling in the street, and then it makes its way into the restaurant. Well, and before it makes it into the restaurant, you know the friends and Bridget are watching this, and they're like, "Who are we supposed to be rooting for?" Oh yeah, and Bridget's like, she's like, "Well, she's like Mark or whatever," and they're like. Yeah, but didn't he end up with, you know, so-and-so's, you know, Right, because they still think that Mark is the one right. that slept with uh, Daniel's fiance. Yeah. And so, but yeah, so they were just trying to figure out who to root for. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the fight actually ends up inside this Greek restaurant with, you know, somebody on, like, the table. Yes. And you see a waiter at this point bringing a cake. Yep. And everybody stops to sing happy birthday. <laughs> and then, Like, uh, everybody stops. Everybody. Even Mark and Daniel stop. And they're singing along happy birthday. And Mark even says to whatever your name is. You know, what's his name? What's his name? And, uh... As soon as the song is yeah. over, then then Daniel decides to like charge after Mark, and mm-hmm. they like both go flying. Which, by the way, this is you know it's it's a movie thing. They go both go flying yeah. out this plate glass window, right? And in the real world, obviously, oh, you they'd know, be cut to shreds. Yeah, you'd need a hospital, and if if you didn't get an artery severed, you'd be lucky, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so now they're on the ground wrestling around. And finally, you know, Mark stops and he gets up and Daniel gets up and he's got to get one last word in. Yep. He calls Mark a, a wanker, which mm-hmm. is really bad. That's dickhead, A bad I slang, think, for... yeah. And so, you know, Mark turns around and just lays, just yeah, pops wails him. on him one last time. Yep. And knocks him out. And so now Bridget runs over to Daniel's side and, you know, she's like, you know, what's wrong with you talking to Mark? And, yeah. Mark's like, what's wrong with me? You know, what's wrong with him or you or whatever? And and she she basically, she tells Mark that she thought he was different. But now she sees he's just like all the rest. Because, right. you know, you came over and you helped me cook. But you just wanted to get in a fight anyway. And you beat him up for no reason. Right. And uh, so Mark tells her, like, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I can see my, you know, labor was in vain, he says, and and, uh, he walks away and leaves. And right about that time, Daniel regains consciousness, Mm -hmm. and he really needs a hospital. If he's been knocked out like that, he's probably got a concussion. (laughs) Right. But he regains consciousness, and he looks up at Bridget, and, you know, he's like, you know, it's just you and me, you know. We might as well just stick together, you know, you, me, and that little skirt of yours. Yeah. And uh, she looks around and she thinks about it for a second. And she looks back down at at Daniel and she's like, no, that's not a good enough offer for me. Right. And she, she throws back something in his face that he told her that she says, you know what, you just... Sometimes you just need to wait a little longer for something more extraordinary to come along. Yep. And uh, 
just kind of <laughs> leaves him mm-hmm. laying in the middle of the street, laying on top of all this broken glass. Well, and I love how like no <laughs> police showed up. Yes, no, there's no police. Enough time has gone by. You'd think, yeah, that somebody police or an ambulance would have responded. Because I know, now. like, probably not everybody had cell phones. Maybe, but still. no, no, but still, there was a phone in the restaurant, and there was apparently this is kind of. It looked almost like there were, like, these storefronts were the lower half of the building. Right. And then the upper half of the building was actual, like, apartment space. Kind of like how they do in, like, New York and stuff like that. And and after that, it actually several months go by now. Because now it's Christmas Day later that year. And we see Bridget and her dad are sitting in their in the house and they're watching TV. They're actually watching the shopping network. Yeah. And they have on those paper crowns. Yeah. That they do over there. And um which is kind of interesting. I looked up some stuff about that cuz I really didn't quite understand that until uh um until today whenever I kind of looked some stuff up. Yeah. But that's later. So anywho, yeah, they're sitting there and they're watching the Home Shopping Network and there's, you know, Mr., you know, Orange Face now. He's like super tan to the to the point he's almost like this purplish orange look, and uh, he's showcasing this clock that on the hour every hour will play the Hallelujah chorus, and he gives this cheesy salesperson smile, and you see Bridget's mom in the scene and she's looking real just she looks just really down and 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 depressed. Right. Like, she just doesn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And so Bridget shuts the TV off. She's like, well, Dad, I'm going to go to bed. And she grabs her diary and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Exactly. But then in walks, just as she does that, in walks her mom. And uh, this is where we see the mom and the dad sitting down. And the mom is, she's just kind of laying it all out. She's like, look, I'm really sorry. I... I don't know what came over me. I thought I wanted something else, but really, I just want to be here with you and and uh, just just laying it all out. And the dad kind of messes with her a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of like, I don't know if I can really take you back. And and uh, it's just kind of looking sort of bad for a second. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they make amends. I think he calls her like a cow. He does. He does. She looks really depressed whenever he's saying that he doesn't know if he can do it. Right. And she starts to cry. And he's like, oh, I'm just messing with you, you daft cow. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought if you were to call, like, somebody a cow like that, it was to be, it was to say that they were um, fat or overweight or or something like that. Um, And so now, you know, we see, you know, Bridget's kind of been spying on the parents from upstairs and she's... She's happy and she goes to bed. And it cuts to the next morning and you see the mom and dad or they're they're kind of like being all handsy with yeah. each other like, you know, like high schoolers or whatever. Right. And Bridget comes out of her bedroom and they're like, you know, where what do you think you're doing? Where are you going? Get dressed. We've got a we're going to this party and Mark's going to be there. Right. And Bridget's like, "No, uh. I don't want to go." 
Especially if Mark's going to be there. Right. And the mom says, well, it's a shame. She's like, you know, he's really sad this time of year because this is when his Japanese... Yeah, she always... She calls him his Japanese she wife. She has to mention all the time that his wife was Japanese. It, like, it, His cares? Japanese wife left him. Yeah. She says. And this is where we get the truth about yes. what happened. Because Bridget's like, you know, well, I know about that. His, you know, his best friend um, slept with, uh, you know... Um, he slept with his best friend's fiance, and the wife's like, "No." Yeah, the mom. The, I mean, the mom says, "No." What happened? She runs through the whole story of how he and his best friend were best friends ever since Cambridge, and was even the best man in the wedding. Right. And then one day, Mark comes home to find Daniel having, having sex. sex with yeah Mark's wife in their own house. Right, and we see like a brief thrusting you know yeah it's a little <laughs> yeah a little cut scene there of two people and then that's whenever she realizes like oh okay so, yeah yeah he wasn't the bad guy after all yeah she's like we gotta go yeah and so we have this whole scene of you know the dad's they, they driving gotta go. yeah and the dad's driving super slow and bridget's like get out of the car dad <laughs> and they switch switch seats and Bridget, like, she's, like, a scary driver, mm-hmm. man. Like, she freaking, like, you pointed out, yeah. she just peels out on these people's front yard yeah. to, like, get up to the house <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they get to the party, and, you know, she's kind of looking for Mark and stuff. And uh, the uh, his parents get up to announce that their son is going to be moving to New York City. Yep, he's been offered a partnership at this big firm. Right. And that his uh partner who hopefully will be something someday. Yes, these people are real jerks, man. Okay, so his partner Natasha, his business colleague and like the mom and dad straight up say like who knows maybe they'll get married one day and they have this band band play the wedding string, march like it's like a string quartet or yeah. something like that they play the wedding march real quick for just a couple of uh, a couple of uh measures right and uh you know mark looks all embarrassed and stuff and and natasha's sort of playing it off like oh i didn't know they were going to do that yeah <laughs> yeah and uh this is when Bridget actually, like, she yells out, no. And everybody looks at her, and uh, she's like, oh, um, yeah, uh, no, we can't let him leave England because he's such a good person for England, and all of us who here are, will be here without him. And she's really kind of fumbling over her words. And she finally... After she kind of makes a little fool of herself, embarrasses herself a bit, she Uh, leaves. And now you have yet another one of those little sad montages Mm -hmm. of, you know, Bridget is alone in her apartment and she's watching Fatal Attraction, eating something, um, and he's... Flying to New York. Yeah, and he's being met in New York by this, you know, um, limo driver or whoever he was. And uh, the whole montage kind of ends on, I guess it's New Year's Eve. And her friends have showed up. And they've decided to whisk Bridget away on a surprise trip to Paris. Which, it must be nice to just kind of wake up and go, You know what? I'm going to travel to another country at a moment's notice. I mean, granted, you know, they're over in England. (laughs) 
it's you know it would be it's a lot easier probably to get different to, to Paris versus exactly you know from here. Maybe that would be kind of equivalent to us going. You know what? Let's go to um, Colorado, or Colorado, something. or Broken Bow, or something like that. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so they're gonna whisk her away on this you know dream you know New Year's Eve vacation to Paris, right? And while they're downstairs and they're all like you know honking at her in the car like hurry up hurry up let's go um mark walks up right and you know he walks up behind bridget and she turns around she's like i thought you were in new york and he's like i was but i realized i left something behind here yeah and of course you know you've got the whole you know romantic (laughs) like oh you left me behind you left me yeah and uh Meanwhile, the friends are hooting and hollering and honking. And She's woo, got weird friends. You know? Like, the face the dude is making is, like, yeah, <laughs> kind of disturbing to me. It looks weird. Right. And uh, so they're like, you know, are you going to come with us or not? And Bridget's like, nah, I'm not going to go to Paris. Like, I think me and uh, Mark are just going to go inside. And uh, this is when they go and Mark and her go inside and Bridget's like all excited because oh, yeah. you know it's you know a romantic evening they're and, gonna do, yeah, and uh, they're gonna bang, yeah. Um, and so, but she tells them though she's like, here she's like, just wait here a couple of minutes, and she points. She's like, I've got some magazines and you know whatever else. She's like, but I'll be right back. Yeah, some very exciting them. reading you can read while right. you wait. So she, you know, goes into the bedroom and she's looking for, you know, the perfect pair of panties and she's trying to look cute. And he starts going through and that's whenever he notices her diary. Right. And And it's actually opened to, um, well, it's not opened to the page. He fumbles through it and finds the page where she's writing about when she first met him. Right. And all he sees is like all these negative things about himself that she was saying. Like, I hate him and and, uh, he's so smug. Right. No wonder, you know, no wonder why his, his wife left him, Yeah, you know, clever girl, that kind of stuff. Yep. And that was kind of the one, like, you know, makes it seem like he went off. So she, you know, finds the cute underwear and stuff, and she hears the door. And so she, you know, looks out the window, and she sees Mark has, you know, is walking down the street. And so she starts calling for him. Right. And he doesn't even turn around. And so... She goes, she's, at this point, she's in the pair of underwear, mm-hmm. and she's in, like, a little spaghetti, you know, tank top, <laughs> and she goes out into, like, the living area, and that's when she notices, you know, the diary is now open, and she's like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. Because now she knows, like, yeah, that he read what she said about him, and um, <clears throat> now she, you know, goes to go outside, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, she's going to put on pants, yeah, you know, all that she's going to run outside and go, oh, silly me, throw yeah. some pants on and a jacket. and No. Instead, she puts sneakers on and that's it. She puts it. sneakers on and she grabs a cardigan. Yeah. And then she takes off. Yep. And there's a random guy walking down the street and she's like, wish me luck. And he's like, good luck, crazy girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, just some like random dude on the street. <laughs> yeah, well, she's right. She is crazy right now. Right. And so, yeah, you just see her, you know, running down the street, you know, yeah, in her underwear, mm-hmm. you know, calling out for Mark. And, um, you know, everybody is obviously staring at her. Oh, of course. And, it's not every day you see a half-naked woman running around in right. the snow. And so, <laughs> yeah, so finally, you know, she she ends up stopping in the street or whatever. And then that's whenever she sees Mark is inside 
a store and he comes out and, you know, at that point she, you know, kind of loses it and is just like, you know, I'm, you know, what I said, you know, it was so stupid and, you know. Exactly. She's apologizing profusely about yeah, it. Yeah, she's like, it's just a diary. You know diaries. They're just, yeah. you just put down what you're feeling at the time and half of it doesn't even matter, blah, 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 right. blah. She's trying to really kind of play it off and get mm-hmm. him back. And this is whenever he, you know, tells her, he's like, well, he's like, I went to the store to get you another diary. Right. He's like, well, I figured, you know, you might as well just start off new with yep. a new one. or and, and now, you know, they have this whole, you know, oh, you know, this was just a big misunderstanding. And they're right. kissing in the middle of the, in the middle of this, this um, square. Yeah. In the snow. It's and probably... 10, 15 degrees, and I she's know. still only in, in a tank and underwear. Yep. And, yeah, it ends <laughs> with them kissing. And then, you know, it fades to black, and it says the end, and then that gets crossed out, and it says the beginning. Yep. And it's kind of cute, though. If you watch the credits and stuff, it's supposed to show whenever she was four and he was eight, and it's supposed to show them at this party at this birthday party of his together yeah where sure enough you know the little girl gets naked and you know just it's you know innocent fun and stuff yeah she jumps in the little kiddie pool Mm -hmm. that's out there and then then they're like holding hands later on in the party and stuff yeah so it was meant to be it was so sweet right oh so (laughs) It was a good movie though no it was it It was a good movie i haven't seen that movie in a long time i know we actually watched it twice in one day to try and prepare for this. So, we did. But um, I do have some trivia if you want it. All right. All right. So the fight scene between Hugh Grant and Colin Firth wasn't choreographed. It was improvised between the actors. Oh. Isn't that yeah. crazy? As messy and weird as that scene looked, I, I believe that for sure. It kind of makes sense, though, because like the two characters that they were playing, you know, we're kind of prim and proper to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah, I and mean Hugh Grant, I would I would believe a little more to possibly have some fight training. Right. But Colin first character, no. no. <laughs> All right. So to prepare for the role, Renee Zellweger gained twenty five pounds and then actually worked at a British publishing company for a month in preparation for the role. She adopted an alias as well as her posh accent and uh, was apparently not recognized. On her desk uh, in this office, she kept a framed picture of then-boyfriend Jim Carrey. Uh, Workers who did not recognize her found this to be odd, but never mentioned it to her for fear of embarrassing her. Huh. Isn't that crazy? So she's one of those actors. Probably a method actor, That does that sort of thing. I hear, um, uh, um, oh, doggone. From Gangs of New York and... um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, I hear he's a big method actor. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, In order to make her English accent seem more natural, Renee Zellweger retained it on set even while not shooting. Hugh Grant once noted noted that he did not hear her speak in an American accent until the rap party after the film was completed, where he heard her speak in a very strange voice that he soon found out was her own natural tone. (laughs) So he didn't even know that she wasn't a... English right until then and that's kind of interesting about your your deal about her method acting yeah that goes back to like whenever this movie first came out um I don't remember what all she did before this but Renee Zellweger has always kind of gotten flack for Mm -hmm. like her looks um the way she squints sometimes whenever she's you know acting or whatever right 
but I've always kind of liked her. Oh, yeah. I think she's a pretty good actress. She, I've always felt like she and Sandra Bullock are like two actresses that I feel like don't get the, um, um, what am I trying to say here? Um, they don't get the recognition that I feel like sometimes they deserve. Let's see. Jude, played by Shirley Henderson, often cries in the ladies' bathroom. Similarly to the character Moaning Myrtle, which Henderson plays in the Harry Potter films. (laughs) I didn't know she was in Harry Potter. Yep. Jim Broadbent. Well, it's almost like if you were British, you'd end up in a Harry Potter movie. Uh, That's true. (laughs) Jim Broadbent and Gemma Jones, who play uh, Bridget's parents, would later go on to play Hogwarts employees, Professor Slughorn, and Madame Pomfrey. So there you go. Some more people. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like when the Harry Potter movies were going to be first made, it's like if you were British, you were just kind of automatically, you know, given your script. Right. And it's like, all right, yeah, you're a British actor. You're a British actress. Here's your script for Harry Potter. Yeah. Get to work. <laughs> so, but there's, you know, obviously a ton of facts and stuff. Yeah. Um, the casting of Renee Zellweger as Bridger, Bridget Jones caused quite an initial controversy, with many fans of the books outraged over the fact that the very British Bridget was to be played by an American actress. However, this was quickly silenced after Zellweger's performance received near-unanimous uh, praise and an Academy Award nomination. It did not start a trend, though, with the exact opposite occurring in the following decades, where British actors would often portray American characters in mainstream movies. Hmm. So, anyway. But yeah, tons of facts if you guys want to check those out on IMDb, so. Oh, yeah. Do you yep. have anything, or? Um, oh, yeah, I did actually have uh, one thing. Um, but I was talking about the, the paper crowns that oh, they yeah. were wearing in that scene. Like, I've seen that a lot in, like, movies that were, like, set in like Britain or England or whatever mm-hmm. and, and it's Christmas time. So the paper crown is apparently a um it's kind of like this tradition apparently like over in, in Britain and I think in Canada too. Okay. Where they're called crackers. They're those paper, you know, tubes and you pull them like like a wishbone. Like one okay. person grabs one end, the other person grabs the other end. Okay. And it's these like these cardboard tubes that are like wrapped in like this festive paper Hmm. and they pull them and when they pull apart they make the crack noise right and so inside is like it's just some cheap little trinkets there's a paper crown in there which you have to wear and there's a little (laughs) cheap toy and a little joke written on a piece of paper in there huh so the crown kind of goes back to this ancient roman festival uh saturnalia Hmm. um where you know they you know wore crowns and it was it was to celebrate the winter solstice basically, okay. and so that's what that whole thing it's it's like tradition you wear it you have the paper crown you you better wear it sort of thing you know that's pretty no matter cool. how silly you look you gotta wear the crown and uh, I don't know it's just kind of yeah something I was uh I checked out okay an occasion of wild revelry it says nice so all right cool. Well, Wild. what do you want to use to uh, to rate this? Um, shoot, I don't know. You want to use just diaries? <laughs> um, sure, why not? All right, <laughs> I'll give it a three out of five. Um, I'll kind of 
I might be a little higher. Okay. I'll give it like a... I'll give it a four. Okay. It was good. Yeah. I like it. I liked it too. So, all right. Well, uh, we're going to start for next month in January. Um, We're actually going to do movies that were sent to us as suggestions uh, from you guys. Yep. Uh, So the first movie that we're going to be doing is Idiocracy, (laughs) which I can't wait. Good. (laughs) Yeah. I like that movie. Right. And um, and that was actually uh, sent to us from our friends at High Proof Designs. Yep. So um, we'll be doing yeah. So that'll be next week. Um, real quick uh, for Bridget Jones's Diary. Really, you guys can find this on any streaming. We did it off of Amazon Prime. Yep. Um, it was only like ninety nine cents. Oh yeah. And, so and if I remember right, you can find it on most streaming services. Uh, yeah. Really. So. But uh. Yeah, I'm excited about Idiocracy. I like that movie a lot. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.